Good morning. Happy Easter. Hey, I got, uh, I got some great news. Have you heard? It's great news. It's the best news ever that anyone could give you today. Do you know what it is? Oh, I hear versions of it. My version is Jesus is alive. Amen? Amen. And the thrill of that, the thrill of that, the power of that is, my friends, Jesus was dead. You know, we say he was dead, and then he rose again from the dead. Feel the power of that. He was dead, crucified, dead, buried. He was dead. But do you know what? Not anymore. Because Jesus is alive. Not even death could hold him. Jesus is alive. He is risen just as he said. So how about a hallelujah? Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. God. Jesus is alive. alive. Okay, get up and start dancing. No, okay, you almost did. Yeah, this choir is going to get you dancing spontaneously yet. You watch. Amen? I got a few claps there, some dancers, but... Hey, a great big warm welcome to all who are visiting us this morning. If you are new, either today or in the last few weeks, would you just raise your hands in the air and give us a wave? All right, we got new folks across from the rest of us. Let's give them a welcoming applause. We're so glad you're here this morning to celebrate Resurrection Day with us. We have been, as many of you know, looking at the last few months, the essentials of the Christian faith. What makes Christianity Christian? And Jesus is alive is certainly one of the essentials, if not the most essential essential. It's essential as it gets. Because, my friends, Jesus is alive and it makes all the difference. And we'll look how it makes the difference, all the difference this morning. Last week we looked at who Jesus is. Is And we saw that Jesus is both fully human and fully God. He's fully human and fully God because God is just and because God is love. You say, what do I mean by that? Well, justice demands that because humanity sinned, humanity must atone for sin. Justice demands it. If Jesus is only God simply pretending to be human, if Jesus is anything less than fully human, fully one of us, fully one of Adam and Eve, well, justice, my friends, cannot simply be fooled or winked at because God is just. A human being must atone for human sin. Anything less wouldn't be just. And so Jesus is, he must be, fully human to satisfy God's justice. But, or and, Jesus is also fully God because God is love. It's not something he chooses to do sometimes. It's not a place that he goes to in some circumstances, but he is love. And love in its favorite form of mercy and grace, it demands, it compels that God himself be the one who comes and restores his people to himself. Because he loves them. He can't help but do it. And so 
Jesus is, he must be fully human and fully God. This morning, we move now from who Jesus is to what Jesus does, what he did, what he does, and even what he will continue doing until he comes again. And what difference does that make, what it is that Jesus does? The classical categories of Jesus' work, of what Jesus does, can be seen in the titles or roles of prophet, priest, and king. Those titles, those roles, they do a great job of answering the question, what Jesus does. In short, a prophet reveals, reveals God to people. A priest reconciles God to people. And a king rules, in Jesus' case, over all creation. And that's indeed what Jesus does. It's what he did, it's what he does, and what he'll keep doing. He reveals, he reconciles, and he rules. Now this morning, especially on Easter, I'd like to take a closer look at Jesus as the one who reconciles, that middle one, that role as priest. Reconcile can be kind of an old word to some of our ears. It sounds like a, you know, kind of a churchy theological word, reconciliation. So let me give you a definition. Reconcile means to restore a close relationship. And in Jesus' case, the key close relationship he restores is the close relationship between God and people. The relationship between you each one of us and me and God, he comes to restore. That's what Jesus does. He reconciles God and people. He restores our close relationship with God. Because as many of you know, it wasn't always this way in the world, a world that struggles with sin and pain and evil. It wasn't always this way, where God and so many people are estranged from each other and don't have that close relationship. It wasn't always this way, because once upon a time, humanity, through Adam and Eve, people and God had a very close relationship, the best, so good, so close. Everything was absolutely perfect. Perfect. And then one day, Adam and Eve, on behalf of all of us, because my friends, each one of us would have done the same, they choose, they chose to do life their own way rather than God's way. God said to them, Don't eat of that tree. That's what's best for you. Adam and Eve said, but we want to. It just seems like such a great idea to us. We think that's best for us. And so they ate, and they disobeyed God. They decided, really, to substitute themselves for God. Decided to tell God, thanks, 
But no thanks. We can handle life on our own. And God being who he is, he honored this choice because he is to his core a God who is into and respects free will, free choice. He's that sort of God. He respects the integrity and the will of his people when it comes to choosing his way or my way. And people chose my way, their way, rather than God's way. And the relationship with God, that perfect relationship, was ruined. But God's justice and his love that we just talked about, working together, God's justice and love had a plan. And they had a plan to restore that close relationship that God once enjoyed between himself and people once again. And the plan, the plan was to have another representative of humanity come, another human being come, one that would choose to do life God's way again. And the plan was for this human being, this representative, to also be God himself so that, make no mistake about it, it was God's love, his mercy, his grace, so it might also be fully realized and made known to everyone. And the plan, that plan to restore the relationship, that tight relationship between God and his people, that plan was in a word, in fact, the word, John calls him. That plan was Jesus. Now, God's justice required that sin be punished. And the punishment, the wages of sin, is death. And so Jesus had to die in our place for our sin. You know, it's been said that people ruined the close relationship with God by trying to substitute themselves for God. And Jesus restored the close relationship with God by substituting himself for people. Justice and mercy working together through the cross and the empty tomb. And so the instant that Jesus died that day, the instant he died, that close relationship between God and people was restored in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ, because he's the only one, the one and only one who restored it and can restore it. And oh, the power of that moment of Jesus' death and our relationship with God being opened and restored. The moment he died, you remember? So powerful that the earth literally shook. So powerful that that big, heavy curtain in the temple that separated the presence of God from his people tore open. No more separation. No more need for that curtain anymore. And in the Gospel of Matthew, 
Do you remember? Do you remember that other amazing thing that happened? The instant that Jesus died, there was an earthquake. The great curtain ripped. And what was the third thing that Matthew tells us happened? Does anyone remember? Yes, I hear it right here. That very curious verse found only in Matthew. He writes, The tombs broke open, and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. Can you imagine that? Must have come as quite a shock to those people. Right? Jesus screamed, it's finished, and he died. And boom, dead people came back to life. So powerful was his death that dead people sat up in their graves. Wonder what they thought as the earth was shaking around them and they sat up in their graves. I wonder what their families thought when they saw him again. You know, dead Uncle Jacob all of a sudden shows up for dinner that night. <laughs> Comes in the, ah! What happened, Uncle Jacob? I wonder if those alive again people even knew what was going on and why. Maybe God told them. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. Maybe they just didn't know. They said, well, I don't know. Suddenly, I, I was alive again. And then maybe because it was Easter, and you're, boy, am I hungry. Let's eat. But what an amazing sign and miracle and symbol, isn't it? To show that Jesus' death instantly opened the way to life. Boom! Death is defeated and the dead live again. And the story goes on as you know. Jesus rises from the dead and tells his disciples to go and tell the story, the story of God and people being reconciled, their close relationship with God now restored in Christ. And that is what we remember and what we celebrate on Easter and really every day, my friends. Now, three places, three questions that I have for us this morning as we focus on Jesus' work in restoring relationships. Three questions I'd like to ask you. The first one is quite simply this. Would you like to restore your relationship with God? Whether or not you've known Jesus as your personal and Savior all your life or more recently, or whether you don't yet know him much at all, would you like to know him more? Because I'm telling you, each and every person here, he loves you. He's desperately in love with you, and he wants to know you more. It's why he came. It's why he went through all of it. It's why he died 
in your place and mine because he wants to know you more so that you and he might know each other more. If you've never known him and you would like to know him as the Lord and Savior of your life, you know, all you have to do is tell him. All you have to do is tell him, I, Jesus, I want to know you more. I want you in my life. And then you can be, begin enjoying today that close, restored relationship with God. You know, maybe that's why you're here today. Maybe that's why God brought you here. Whether you saw it online or something you got in the mail or a friend or family member or neighbor asked you to come, maybe that's why God brought you here out of his desperate love to know you and to invite you and to have you invite him in to restore a new relationship with him. If that's the case, in fact, let's do that together. Let's take that opportunity now, if you like, in prayer. Let's ask him together. If everyone, please, would, if we could bow our heads in prayer. And with our heads bowed, if, if there's anyone here today and you don't yet know Jesus, he's not yet Lord and Savior of your life. And you're tired. You're tired of trying to do it alone. Life without God. If there's anyone here today that, that wants to invite Jesus into their life, if you want to invite him into your life as Lord and Savior for the first time, would you please just raise your hand long enough for me to see it and to do a quick prayer for you. Please raise your hand up high and hold it up high. There are several hands up all over the room. Praise God. Wherever you're sitting now, you can put your hand down if you like. But would you pray these words together with me silently where you are? Father in heaven, I'm so grateful for what Jesus did for me on that cross. What he did in my place. So that we could be together forever. Oh, Father, I want Jesus as the Lord and Savior of my life. And so, Jesus, I ask you, please, come into my life right now in power and in love and, and walk this road with me. Help me to get to know you more. And with our heads still bowed in prayer, if there's anyone here today, maybe you already know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, whether for a long time or more recently, but you come this morning and maybe you heard something in the music and maybe something moved you to where you'd like to recommit your life to him this morning. You'd like to know him even more. Maybe. You're like me. You, you sometimes feel like, ah, 
I'm holding back. I'm holding back from loving him truly with all my heart and all my soul and, and all my might. Boy, I'd like to love him that way even more than I ever have before. If that's, if that's you this morning, would, would you please raise your hands this morning to, to let God know and let us pray together for you. You want to know Jesus even more, no matter how well you know him. You want to know him even more. Father in heaven, you see the hands up all across the room, hands of your people, your children, who you deeply love. Father, they want to know you even more. Please hear their prayer. Renew their spirit. Give them the strength and the grace again to truly give over to you all they are in love and obedience to you. We love you, Father. And we ask all of this, those who are committing to Jesus as their Lord and Savior for the first time and those children who you've known as yours for some time already, Father, we ask your power and presence and love in their life in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Woohoo! Amen. Amen. You know, Bible tells us that there's a big party in heaven. The angels like actually party when someone comes and commits, or I think even recommits their, uh, their hearts to Christ. Can you hear them? Because they're partying right now. That's awesome. Second question. With your relationship restored or renewed again this morning, if you already know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I, I want to invite you again to continue Jesus' work. You know, Jesus restores our relationship with God so that we can be together with him forever. That's true. But he doesn't rapture us up right away anyway. He keeps us here, even though we're his again. And he keeps us here for a purpose. And that purpose is so that we can bring restoration of relationships to others and with others. You know, our restored relationship with God enables us in a whole new way, with a whole new power, to bring healing and to bring restoration to all of our relationships, to our relationships with other people. So my second question this morning for all of us is this. Do you need to restore another close relationship with someone? You know, it says love God love others up here. God doesn't only ask us to love him. He also asks us to love others. And it's even stronger than that. He asks us to love him first and foremost by loving others. He credits our loving others with loving him. Isn't he amazing? 
And in that way, we, we continue Jesus' work of restoring relationships. Is there a husband here today who once you were close with your wife, but you've allowed your, your relationship with your wife to grow distant, substituting other things or other people in her place. Wives, was there a time that you eagerly gave yourself wholeheartedly to your husband, but you don't anymore? You've allowed yourself to drift away from him. My friends, our, our, our marriages are under attack. And it's my belief that only through the restoring power of Jesus can those marriages truly be reconciled and be restored. Husbands, do you need to restore the relationship with your wife? Wives, do you need to restore them your relationship with your husband. Is there anyone here who needs a restored relationship with mom? Or with dad? Is there a parent? Is there a mom or dad who can't remember the last time you really sat down and encouraged and blessed your kids and were a big, encouraging, helpful, empathetic part in their lives because you're so busy and they're so busy. And the relationship even between mom and dad and kids is distant and needs to be restored. Anyone here used to have a friend that was close, but you've allowed things to cripple or destroy the friendship? Does anyone here need to restore a close relationship with someone? And I know that's hard. Maybe the hardest thing you'll ever have to do. That work of restoring relationships is really what it means to take up Jesus' cross daily and follow him in his work of restoring relationships. It's hard. But maybe this morning, in the power of an empty cross being swallowed up into an empty tomb, will you commit or recommit to restoring that strained or even broken relationship with someone, so help you God? And he will help you if you ask him to and take the first step with him to restore that relationship with someone. If you desire this, and want God's help doing it, 
Would you join me, please, again in prayer? Father in heaven, I'd ask now that if you haven't already while I've been speaking, I'd ask right now and even pause and take a moment for you to bring to each one of our minds this morning a face, a name of someone who we used to know but that relationship has been broken or strained. Maybe they're not sitting very far away. Is it a husband? Is it a wife? Is it mom or dad, a son or a daughter? Maybe it's your brother or your sister. Father, please give us the desire to do all we can to restore that relationship. Give us the ability to see it through with you. We ask this in the hope and the power of the cross and the empty tomb, the power of the name of Jesus who restores relationships. Oh, Father, bring that same power, that restoring resurrection power that even restores life to death. Bring that same restoring power to bear on my relationships with others too. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. Finally, Jesus not only restores our relationship with God, he not only moves to help restore our relationships with others, but Jesus also works to restore us to ourselves. Did you know? My third question for us this morning is this. Would you like the power of God to help restore you? Maybe a particular sin just has you by the throat right now. Maybe you're the only one who knows about it, but you're not the only one. God does too. Maybe that sin's got you by the throat right now, and you've lost hope, and you don't know what else to do. You're addicted to something that's just too much for you. Maybe it's alcohol or another drug. Maybe your sexuality is under siege and you're confused. Maybe you're addicted to pornography, a problem that is rampant not only in our culture, but sadly, my friends, in churches too, and even especially, statistics suggest. Maybe your battle is with depression or other strong emotional, spiritual struggles with negative feelings that just have you on your knees. Maybe it's a sickness or disease or another handicap. Oh, it could be almost anything. It's got you down and it's got you defeated. And oh, I want to let you... I want to tell you something this morning. God cares 
about that. He cares about you because he loves you. And God has the power to restore you to yourself, restore you to that image of God that he already created within you. Would you like the power of God to restore you to who you were created to be in his image to be and to belong to and to be with him? Would you like the power of God to restore you? If you would, would you join me one last time in prayer? Father, you know what each one of us is wrestling with today. Different struggles all across this room. Struggles of the mind and of the heart and of the body. Father, I just pray that you would enter into that battle on our behalf. Fight for us. Fight to restore us as the person you made us to be in your image, that person that we want to be. Free us, Father, from the darts of the devil, from those spiritual forces that would keep us from loving you with all who we are and loving others as ourselves. Break down those barriers that the devil and his minions would raise up to keep us, Father, from loving you, from loving others, and even, Father, from crippling who we are before you and the person you want us to be. Restore us, Father. Restore us again in the power of the cross and in Jesus' name. And it's in his name that all God's people said, Amen. Amen.